today on Ag News Daily. Uh, and that's what I always say about my podcast, too, is now, I'm, I'm not trying to substitute for a mental health professional. There's definitely a place for that, um, and people need that. But uh, I, I like to be where people start their journey. Wednesday, October 19th, 2022, edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Tanner Winterhoff joined virtually, as most of the occasion, by Delaney Howell. Delaney, welcome from the East Coast, West Coast. West, West Coast. Coast. Yes. Good try, though. Yes. Well, it's probably a better place to be right now than to be on the East Coast, as we'll get into that here in a little bit. But did you learn anything yesterday? Let's see. You know, yesterday, so the conference that I'm at, it, I think I mentioned it yesterday on the podcast, is geared toward the robotics and autonomy industry for ag. And so yesterday, Tanner, as we were setting up the booth here, they were bringing in all of these different autonomous pieces of equipment, tractors, mowers, sprayers, weeders, etc. It was just really kind of eerie to see these pieces, large pieces of equipment moving through the trade show floor on their own with someone walking behind it with a remote control. That would be kind of neat to see, but then also eerie at the same time. Like, okay, which one of these is going to not respond when it's supposed to and go to the wrong place? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the sessions that they had here was really to talk about safety. And there are a lot of measures put in place uh, related to if it sees a moving object and it's not being manually controlled by a person, it's supposed to shut down. So some of those things I felt pretty okay with, but they're just so large, Tanner. I've seen, you know, the the funny videos of the aisle sweeper at these mm-hmm. large box stores like Sam's Club and people will put a box of cereal in front of it and it'll just be stopped until someone comes and moves the box of cereal. So I, I'm sure there's plenty of fail safe to make sure everybody stays out of injury safe. But yes, my comment earlier, Delaney, about probably better for you to be out there than on the Eastern coast. Well, let's head up to Michigan's upper peninsula right now where more than a foot and a half of snow fell yesterday and overnight. So 18 inches of snow, also parts of northern Wisconsin. Thousands are without power, according to this power, or because of this powerful storm system that has created lake effect snow coming off the Great Lakes. Now, those frigid temperatures are what we're experiencing here in Iowa and most of the Midwest. Those will push southeast and further northeast as the system continues to move. But Some of these snow bands are really set up to cause some issues. They had snowfall rates of two to three inches per hour. Chicago even saw their first flurries of the season. But the freeze warning remains in effect effect for the southern plains all the way over to the Atlantic. So looking at parts of Illinois, Iowa, Indiana to fall as low as 25 degrees, even pieces of eastern Oklahoma and Arkansas will get below freezing. So quite a wide spread area of cold air, Delaney. Yes. However, Eric Snodgrass reported in his wording newsletter this morning, Tanner, that the Plains and the Midwest and the Mid-South will start to see a major warm-up after today's frost event. And highs could reach back up into the 80s in the Plains on Thursday. And pretty high up into maybe not the 80s, he said, but definitely higher temperatures on Friday and Saturday. 
here this weekend. Uh, we're also watching in the Pacific Northwest through Montana. Two days of very warm temperatures near record setting for this time of year. So air quality and fire weather watches are in effect for those portions of the United States. Then in that area, we could see or will likely see a low pressure system that will bring in some severe storms for the Pacific Northwest and could bring in some snow tanners. So we might see a little bit of a heat up here. Well, they're going to see a little bit of a cool down over there. Swap places is what it sounds right. like. Yes. <clears throat> I got two little stories we'll do back to back here coming from one from Italy and one from France. So the Italian formerly Italian pasta company labeled as Italy's number one brand of pasta will now face class action lawsuits. The products are made in Iowa and New York. So Glenny, right in our backyard here in Ames, the Barilla plant, a judge had ruled that the pasta brand Barilla must face the class action lawsuit they were trying to get out of due to potentially false advertising. Although it is styled on every box as Italy's number one brand of pasta, its products are made in the United States. So plaintiffs Delaney are alleging that Barilla took advantage of the fact that consumers are willing to pay more for Italian pasta when the ingredients are not Italian. So a little anecdotal, anecdotal news coming there. While French farmers are experimenting with solar panels and farming at the same time. So I had always seen Delaney solar panels that appear to be, you know, you can't even walk under them. They're two defeated, three feet off the ground, lined up in these areas. Well, French farmers have them suspended by cables nearly 12 to 18 feet off the ground, which gives room for farm equipment to travel underneath of it. And the video attached to this article is of a combine actually combining soybeans beneath these solar panels. So they're working here with uh, farmers in the Hate Son Department of France. They're collaborating with the solar panel company, bringing this first active harvest to crops grown beneath solar panels, and it might pave the way for new alternative energy. Hmm, that's certainly something to see, Tanner. Absolutely. Tough for a podcast, but you all are going to have to go take a look yeah. for yourselves because it is interesting to watch. Well, Tanner, yesterday we got a fairly large announcement of some debt relief planned by the USDA to, quote, keep people on the land. Tuesday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, they announced they provided an $800 million debt relief program to distressed borrowers of FSA agency loans as part of their $3.1 billion in promised aid. The list of programs that it supports will help as many as 34,000 borrowers with USDA direct or guaranteed loans. They kicked off the process on Tuesday to approve those various loans with, like I said, the goal of keeping them farming, removing obstacles that currently prevent any of these borrowers from returning to farming, and improving the ways that USDA approaches borrowing and servicing, Tanner. So don't have a lot of clarity as to what exactly those three key points mean there, but nonetheless, you can check out your local FSA office to see if you qualify for this loan. Yes, I will bar from interjecting opinion on that topic. If anybody wants to reach out to me after they hear this podcast, they're welcome to do so. Find the Alabama Banker Man on your social media channels and we can have a chat. But certainly some aid 
being handed out for those that can be considered deserving. I got just a, a little bone to pick, a little article just wanted to share here, not necessarily related to agriculture, but more out of frustration. Rush researchers at Boston University have developed a new COVID-19 strain with an 80% kill rate. The lethal variant is a combination of Omicron variant and the original Wuhan virus. It is said to be five times more infectious than Omicron. The strain was developed in the school's biosafety level four lab, meaning it's equipped to handle the most dangerous diseases known to man. This strain was supposedly Delaney, developed in order to understand the virus better and prepare future treatments. Ultimately, this research will provide public benefit, but it just makes me nervous as an individual to know that there are man-made viruses being Mm -hmm. strengthened when uh, we battled and had such economic hardships out of a strain that was not as lethal. But back to some ag-related news here. Algae could feed the world and save the planet. However, it's coming under fire. The Washington University in Seattle stated that every degree of global warming drops the algae output by a quarter. So a once-touted way to meet the nutritional demands of the public by 2050 is now being limited until technology can push forward. So marine microalgae can help fill the projected nutritional gap. However, if the temperatures continue to rise and extreme drought and flood exaggerations are going to continue to take place in the next 30 years, it may be difficult, Delaney, for algae to fill that gap, which was once hoped. Which could impact uh, the ocean water system, I think, right, Tanner? That's correct. Yep. Well, switching back to some healthcare-related news. It's not really news, but it just kind of threw me off, Tanner. I was looking at the news this morning on agweb.com, and there's a photo on their front page. I would encourage you to all go there if you're listening to the podcast today with a story titled, Chiropractor Makes Field Visits to Help Farmers Find Relief. But the photo is bizarre. I thought the photo Tanner was of someone. It looks like there is a gentleman tackling another gentleman. It's a little hard to tell in the photo that he's actually sitting on or laying on a, you know, chiropractic bench, a portable bench of some sort, but it is kind of an interesting idea. There's a, there's a chiropractor in Cedar Falls, Iowa that hauls around a portable adjustment table to help farmers find chiropractic relief during harvest season. It's just something kind of funny and unique, I thought, today. Yeah, that is. It's uh, certainly, like I said, that is a genius idea. Um, maybe marketing and storyline photos could go to, together yeah, a little maybe bit Maybe a little, yes. Mm-hmm. That was my only the, critique, but... There you go. The last little two quick hits I have is China has been recruiting German fighter pilots, German and British fighter pilots to come train their military and fighter pilots in their industry. And Russia has now declared martial law on a couple of Ukrainian illegally seized territories. So uh, some more news, obviously hitting things into there, but that's the last I've got for today on our Ag News Daily Edition. Well, Tanner, I have just one final story here myself, and that is an update here on avian influenza as the U.S. record, or excuse me, as this go around nears the U.S. record. A near record number of U.S. chickens and turkeys have died in this year's outbreak and is a different strain from the one that farmers battled back in 2015. But so far, they're saying year to date, 
more than 47 million birds have died due to infections and culling's. This, of course, has spurred different export bans and lowered egg and turkey production here across the U.S. And they're saying that we could see likely some really high prices here as we head into the U.S. holiday season when turkey, of course, is on many dinner tables, but as well as using eggs for cooking some of those products you might see. Uh, just for frame of reference, Tanner, in 2015, we saw about 50 and a half million birds, and we're currently at 47. So we are pretty darn close this go around. Yeah, I would say so. I kind of had forgotten Thanksgiving's getting closer with October nearly two thirds. It's like a over. month away. What are you thinking? I know, I know. It looks, uh, I guess, just kind of taking a peek at some of the headlines in the markets this morning. Traders are paying attention to yield estimates. They're wondering where the USDA is going to settle out between maybe 170 on corn or 172. Uh, obviously, that'll be interesting to see there, but going to be an interesting road to continue to watch because it was a little excitement overnight, but not much, right? That's right. And we certainly saw that excitement fizzle out when things opened up here this morning. New crop corn trading down about four cents on the morning at 677. New crop soybeans down 11 cents at 1361. December wheat up about five pennies on the morning at 854 and a half. As we hop over to take a look at the livestock markets here, there's green across the screen. December live cattle up about 42 cents on the morning at a buck 5020. November feeders adding 77 cents here at the open at 178.55. And December lean hogs open this morning at 86.97, up about 50 cents here right after the open, Tanner. Now, we're kicking things over today to a conversation with one of our fellow Global Ag Network podcasters, Jason Meadows, to talk about mental health and ag, Tanner, because I know having some of these really long days where it's stressful there's a lot of money sitting in your field and you don't get a lot of breaks. Mental health is something that probably goes by the wayside. So we're going to kick it over to that conversation with Jason today. Listeners, pleasure of mine to introduce a friend and fellow podcast host, Jason Meadows from Ag State of Mind podcast to join us today on Ag News Daily. How's Jason doing? Hey, guys. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it and appreciate any chance I get to talk about this. Absolutely. Before we jump into our conversation for today, would you remind the listeners about who you are and what your podcast is about? Sure. Yeah. Well, like you said, I'm Jason Meadows. I'm from uh, outside of Cuba, Missouri, which is uh, about, oh, middle south of the state. Uh, I live on a cow-calf operation have grown up on one and live on it still, uh, but I'm also a full-time pharmacist. Um, and I, uh, 2019, so just right now, three years in September, I started my podcast, Ag State of Mind, where we talk about all things. Uh, you know, it started out just talking about mental health and agriculture, but it just kind of evolved into more just uh, health in agriculture as a holistic concept. Very cool. So I think you're the perfect person for us to talk about this topic today. We just wanted to take a pause in our regular content and share some information about mental health and agriculture with our listeners. So I know this is a hot topic and I want to know why. Is mental health and agriculture a bigger deal than in other industries? Um, 
you know, I can't say that it's a bigger deal, but I think mental health is just becoming something that everyone is paying attention to. And I feel that sometimes it's just magnified more here uh, in agriculture, because I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of more, uh, how do I say it? It's more in your face as far as like, you know, you work a job in town. For the most part, most people just leave that in town, right? Well, agriculture, there, there's a blurring of those two lines, I feel like. And it's hard to just leave because the, 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 the farm, a lot of times is connected to the home and vice versa. So it's, uh, it's, it's really hard to kind of distinguish there. It is. And that, that's kind of why we wanted to have this conversation. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that you, like Cassidy said, we're stepping back from regular conversations to have this one because it is something that we should probably talk about more often. But when you have, you know, probably gone places with your podcast, you never thought you would. What's a common thread that you learn about during the conversations you have on Ag State of Mind? You know, I think the, the thing about it, I thought that there would just be this select few people who this would resonate with. And then like it would be, it would, I, I went into it kind of thinking it was a niche type podcast. Uh, but I don't really think that it is because I think uh, what I realized really early on and then just kind of a recurring theme that you know, mental health is something that we all have. We, we all have to pay attention to. It's uh, it's mental health isn't a negative, positive thing. It's a neutral kind of state of being. Uh, it's something that we all have to make sure is, is something that we take care of, just like our general health altogether. I always kind of say it's kind of like you go to a doctor's appointment. Um, you know, do only the heart patients get their blood pressure checked? No, they don't. It's everybody. Uh, so, it's, you know, we have to kind of feel that mental health is kind of in that same concept. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think your show, even though, like you said, it's not really that much of a niche, everybody struggles or at least has experience with mental health. I think your show does a great job at filling that area to get these conversations had more. So with Harvest coming up, I know Tanner and I had talked about this with you a little bit in our pre-conversation. A lot of people are going to be a little bit more stressed out and a little bit more on the struggle bus this season, what are some things they can help do to help mitigate the risk of their mental health becoming worsened in the harvest season? You know, and I think anytime I'm in, so you know, full disclosure here is I've never been a row crop farmer. So harvest is a little bit of a different concept to me than it is to a lot of people just being a, a strictly a livestock producer. So uh, but at any time I'm in a busy season, I just kind of think of, you know, the the end of it. Uh, you know, each day is one day closer to the end or each, you know, benchmark. You know, you I always feel like whenever I like set these small little goals for myself or, you know, small little like, um, like I said, benchmarks, you know, we have X amount of acres left and then X amount of acres left and X amount, you know, just always going and looking to that small next goal. And pretty soon when you start, and I was just actually talking to somebody just before I got on the phone with you guys. And we talked about it in kind of a reference of, 
you know, a long road trip through like, uh, you know, back roads versus an interstate, you know, when you're going on an interstate somewhere, man, it just seems to take forever and your thoughts drag on. And it's just a hard thing to kind of like endure. But like when you're going on a, you know, back road road trip, you always have these little towns that are kind of like your benchmarks. Like, Oh, I, I always say it because we go to the quad cities from my house a lot. Cause we have friends up there and we're always like, well, now we're at Hannibal. Now we're in Macomb. Now we're in Monmouth, you know? So I think we can kind of see harvest that way. And like, Oh, we're, we've got this field done. Let's focus on what's the task at hand first. And, you know, pretty soon um, you'll be, you'll be finished before you know it. You know, and I'm, I, I know that that is like easier said than done. You know, that that's not lost on me. But I think if you kind of break it up in a way that you feel is attainable, um, it's really helpful. Yeah, and that I appreciate that piece of advice because it can seem like the season will drag on. You know, I can only relate it to cabbing for you that you just check every night and continue to go through the routine and you just wonder when it's going to end but it's also one of the most rewarding seasons for our listeners i had done some googling since that's uh, where all things are true <laughs> to discover maybe some symptoms that our listeners might have so at least they they know that they could be getting a little bit mentally foggy or they could just need a, a mental break what google said is confusion depression withdrawal, uh, anger, easily excitable, actually having fear or expressing grief could be some, some emotions that set in. Is that, is that a common line of, of symptoms that you see that maybe our listeners should pay attention to? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that that is, uh, those are very key things for people to pay attention to. And, and on, I, and another thing kind of, a. a in alignment advice is, and when you start seeing someone or if you start experiencing that sort of stuff yourself, you know, maybe it's time to just step away just, just for a bit. I mean, I know harvest is a busy season and it's hard to really step away, but, uh, you know, I always talk about in, in talks and, uh, interviews. I talk about my rule of five and uh, talking about, you know, when you need to take a break whenever things are really stressful and that break can last anywhere from five minutes to five hours to, five days. I always say, I don't think five days is really, uh, attainable in during a busy harvest season, but I mean, the, the breaks need to last as long as you need them to, to get back on track and any progress you think that you lost in taking that time away, you'll more than make up for in increase of production, increase of efficiency. Once you do kind of uh, step back and, and take a breather. And Jason, you've been pretty open on social media about your own mental health journey. What are some habit changes you've made and some things that you've integrated into your lifestyle to help with your own mental health? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a long list all of its own. So I'll try to keep it as brief as possible, but you know, I try to make sure I get adequate amount of exercise every day. Um, I try to make sure I wake up at the same type, same time every day. Uh, try to get enough sleep. Uh, I know sleep is kind of sometimes can be kind of a dirty word, especially in a busy time. Um, but you know, just making sure you get enough rest is it's been huge for me. And as busy as I am, uh, you know, just making sure I get that time for, you know, not a whole lot of sleep at six hours is where I try to shoot for. And, 
you know, those are, and just, uh, really kind of just doing check-ins with myself, you know, how am I feeling? What's going on? Uh, what can I do to improve? Uh, just really just being really honest with myself and really becoming as self-aware as possible. That has been just so helpful to me. I think that's a good, a good piece of advice. I know that when we've had conversations before, you've also talked that it's good to have someone to talk to. And not everybody has that. So I know there's resources available. What what could you share with our listeners that if they just wanted someone to chat with, where can they go? Yeah, there's there's so many places. Um, you know, the the place that I think is really easiest for people is is the crisis text line. That's people all they gotta do is is nine nine eight eight and people can text and there's a there's a representative on the other line even if you aren't in crisis mode if even if you just kind of feel like you need to reach out to someone there's always somebody there uh you know kind of the push of a button and uh, I, I i don't think that it's the end all for for people especially the people who need help the most but it's a good place for people to start uh, and that's what I always say about my podcast too, is you know, I'm, I'm not trying to substitute for a mental health professional. There's definitely a place for that. Um, and people need that, but uh, I, I like to be where people start their journey um, because it's very, uh, it's very discreet. It's very easy, easy access. Uh, and that's, that's the kind of things that, you know, people who just aren't sure what they need to do, that's how they can best start. Well, Jason, if our listeners want to start that journey with your podcast, where can they find you and that show? Sure. I mean, obviously on the Global Ag Network, um, Ag State of Mind, and then I'm Ag State of Mind all across uh, social media and all across wherever you get your podcasts. And then my main website is agstateofmind.com. And I have a list of just a, a pretty comprehensive list of mental health resources there that you can uh, kind of dig into. Awesome. Well, thanks again for jumping on the podcast with us listeners. I know we just scraped the surface, but go find Jason and Ag State of Mind and dive in a little bit deeper for yourself. Thanks again, Jason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Well, Delaney, it's always fun catching up with Jason and kind of a happy coincidence as the Farm for Profit podcast released a show on Monday about scarcity and abundant mindsets. So a lot of things that you can do to retrain your brain to just be a healthier individual and maybe even happier, too. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know how it goes during harvest season. Blaine was texting me this morning that he needs a rain day or some sort of break. He's just mentally and physically exhausted. And I think that's just something we don't think a lot about, especially the, the mental side of it. So, Well, the other side of this, I've had some listeners text in and send messages, you know, 20 to 30 days straight of harvest and yeah. very productive, but is wearing on people. It's It's okay to build in your own day off. You know, yeah. to worry about passing judgment and what others are going to think. Don't worry about it. If uh, if you've got the ability and the, you're fine doing it, take tomorrow off, recoup, rest, and then go back. And you'll probably enjoy that aspect a little bit better when you get back in the field. That's some good advice today, Tanner. And I think we should end it there. So should we let the people go? Let's let them go.